0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: They don't always, I'm not saying in every instance and in every gallery, but they make you feel intimidated. And it is, the world is opaque. And, sure. You know, they don't always tell you how much it costs and what is the artist and is it worth the money and how do you navigate all that because it's not transparent or. Historically, it's more transparent now online, everything, but less transparent. So I wanted to be approachable and more low key and more fun. I mean, frankly, doing this business, it's fun. It's creative. I get to meet all these super interesting artists and I get to share this beautiful artwork with people. For me, this is like fun.
2: For most of Brooke Molinaroli's working life, she says she was seeking a role where she felt like the work was suited to her innate strengths as well as her passions, but for many years spent too much time listening to others, telling her that she should work in business, make good money, or work for a well-known company. Sound familiar to some of you? I bet. This is Krista Laurie. Welcome back to Bucket List Careers. So Brooke was always passionate about art, After college, she started working in galleries and design firms and photographers, and this led to a 10-year stint in digital brand and social media marketing at British Telecom. Then she found a role that combined her experience in marketing with her love of art, working at the Dallas Museum of Art as the marketing director. But something was missing in all of it. And when she moved to the suburbs of New York around 2015, Brooke says she was at a crossroads, she knew she had strong opinions about the good and the bad of the art world and decided to start something of her own, her own business, offering clients access to great contemporary artists and photographers at relatively accessible price points in a low-key and transparent way, using her own space as an exhibit venue. This is a classic bucketless Careers narrative you will absolutely love and learn from. Oh, and Brooke happens to be a friend of mine. Let's listen. Brooke, I want to welcome you to Bucket List Careers. I'm excited we're doing this. Thank you, Krista. I'm excited. I love your podcast. Well, it's so fun to have you because obviously your career narrative and your pivot is perfect for the show and its theme, but you're also a friend of mine. So we're going to have a few laughs along the way as we dig into your evolution and what you've been able to achieve. And I've actually really enjoyed watching this grow. I've been to your outdoor exhibitions. I've been to your displays inside your home. I own a piece from one of the artists that you represent. I remember when you launched and I've seen what you've achieved, more and more press, more and more artists on your docket. And it's really exciting for you. So I want to say congrats right off the bat.
1: Oh, that's so nice. It's great when people say that to you because you sometimes can't mark your own progress. Right. <laughs> it's nice when other people notice because you just kind of keep going on the <laughs> hamster wheel. <laughs> you know
2: right, you're right, going right. The
1: direction you want
2: to go. Well, I know you, you have a lot you want to achieve, but you should take a moment and pat yourself on the back. We're going to talk about everything—the beginning of your career story and journey—so we can understand your mindset. You know how you made these transitions. That's how we're going to learn from it. So. You've actually been in and out of art for many years, you say. So why don't we begin there and walk us through it, Brooke.
1: Sure. In college, I went to Bucknell University. I worked at the UC Gallery. And I had it in my head that I wanted to be in the art world and wanted to work with artists. And so I worked in a few galleries in New York, including Pace Gallery after college, and then tried a few different things. I wanted to be with creative people and creative fields. Yeah. After that, I worked for design firms, and then I ended up in sort of the website development world in the late 90s and ended up in a very corporate marketing stream somehow. I was always trying to find the most creative job in any of these businesses. I have no idea if I ever did. And ultimately, I found my way back to the art world. We lived in Dallas, Texas, and I worked at the Museum Dallas Museum of Art as the marketing director, so I sort of brought two things together. Yeah, And then when I landed back in New York, I thought I was going to work in the art world. And we can talk a little bit about how, and then ultimately started this own business. and We yeah. can talk that a little more detail.
2: Well, I know you had a moment when you were back in New York, you live in the suburbs of New York, where you had that, what am I going to do now moment? Totally. You were job hunting and you told me the options out there just weren't lighting you up. So let's talk about some of that and those roadblocks and how it led to the moment that you came up with this business idea.
1: Basically, I came back to New York and I've been gone from the area for like 15, 16 years. And so I didn't really have a network, tried hard and sort of was looking at museum roles similar to what I was doing in Dallas and other. Then I started branching out into other what I work in corporate marketing again, and just nothing seemed like a good fit or interesting. Or am I going to schlep into the city every day from Larchmont where we live? And my kids were a little younger then and it just wasn't coming together and I wasn't actually landing the role. So I was starting to feel really depressed at the time was sort of getting to my late 40s and like, oh, my God, is this the end of my life? Is This the end of my career. Am I going to be stuck in the suburbs ah, doing nothing? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. not what I want. I'm like, oh, my God, fast forward. So I was driving my husband insane, I think, just sort of like going (laughs) in circles, you know, talking and talking about these different jobs. And then he said, hey, people always come to a house and say, where'd you get this piece? Or where'd you get that piece? And we didn't have any great art collection. I mean, it was just things that we had purchased through artists I knew or from my previous connections and jobs. And he's like, There's so many people out there like us or, you know, people that have a home and are looking for art, looking for real art, in quotes, from an artist, you know, not maybe purchased from... West Elm or, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But people were looking for something and they're just intimidated by it. And I was like, hmm, he might be right about this. Not that I wanted to admit he
2: was right. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Sometimes your spouse is right.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't do too well with that. But, but you
2: were hashing it out together. Yeah, right.
1: we were hashing it out together. And I was appreciative of the conversation. And I also had strong opinions about the art world, having worked in and out of it and things that I just didn't like about it or things that I did like and how I could create something innovative. And that's like another thread through my life. Even in when I worked in digital marketing, I wanted to be on the cutting edge, founding the first social media, doing the first digital, you know, so I kind of had that in my head, how I could apply that to
2: this business. That's awesome. And if you could tell me, though, what did you not like about the art world that you wanted to do differently? Because that also leads to really your business model.
1: Totally. I mean, I just always felt like it's very intimidating, particularly in galleries or auction houses, or if you don't know the rules or you don't know the right people. They don't always, I'm not saying in every instance, and in every gallery, but they make you feel intimidated and it is the world is opaque and you know they don't always tell you how much it costs and what is the artist and is it worth the money and how do you navigate all that because it's not transparent or historically it's more transparent now online everything but less transparent so I wanted it to be approachable and more low-key and more fun I mean frankly doing this business It's fun. It's creative. I get to meet all these super interesting artists and I get to share this beautiful
2: artwork with people. For me, this is like fun. So you're presenting art to people in a more accessible way, in a different way, not like this white box gallery sort of format that's traditional. I love that. It's a salon style approach. So what are the benefits to me, the consumer of that?
1: I think the benefits are a couple of things. I mean, one, one of them, of course, is that I'm helping you navigate that. You know, I am curating. I mean, you may not love everything I choose, but as part of the model, I work with lots of different artists. If you, okay. Krista, comes to me and says, I'm looking for black and white photography or whatever, I can go deep into that area. But I also have my own knowledge bank of all things that I see all the time. It's no different than being an expert, right? All the things I see online, the galleries, the fairs, all the things I'm doing, so that's the benefit. and also the sort of getting a little bit into the financial model that, as an advisor working directly with artists, you know it's a commission business. And so my commission is less than what a gallery takes. I probably have direct relationships, more leverage directly with an artist. So there are financial advantages to this model versus being in a gallery. I mean, there's advantages of a gallery for the artist for sure in terms of high profile and other things, marketing and things they do. but I also think the model is personal because I'll go to your house and look at your space and have the conversation and say, I don't really know what I want. Well, what kind of things do you like? Or, you know, you can, there's a lot of ways yeah. into that question, you know, and getting that out of people because people generally
2: don't know
1: really, they have some ideas.
2: but Yeah. You're holding that person's hand. So you are a big part of your brand and we'll talk about that later also in terms of marketing and how you're applying that to your outreach for growth. Yeah. But you said you never intended for your house to be a gallery. People are saying, lean into that though. Don't get away from it. So it's working. However, what are some of the obstacles with that? Navigating outdoor exhibitions. I mentioned I've been to it. Do this big, gorgeous, tented setup. I mean, but there's a lot of setup I've noticed. So what's the hardest part of doing what you're doing? And if it's not that, maybe it's building your artist network. What are some of the toughest things you've had to get through and how you did it?
1: Well, I mean, just to answer the first question, I mean, I had this idea that I wanted to be innovative. I have to call out Stephen Moser, who's an architect I work with. He's a New York-based architect, but he lives in Larchmont. and I used to have these insane conversations with him, like, could we do a shed in the yard? Could we do, (laughs) of course you got to remember it was COVID, right? And Mm -hmm. with inviting people to your home, many people were not wanting to do that for obvious reasons. So that's where it sort of started. Like, could we do something outside? So that's how the outdoor tent, or we use the front porch and various other installations as a way for people to see art. And then It just became another way to present things, to curate, to make it an interesting event, architecture, art being coming together. Stephen and his team loved it because it's very creative and something different for them to present their skills as a temporary exhibition. So, I mean, in terms of answering the question, you can't even imagine things I never thought about. Out doing an outdoor event. I mean, sometimes I was like, you are so stupid, Brooke. How did you not think about the rain and the <laughs> sod, the heat, the wind, the birds?
2: The uncontrollables. The birds yes, yes.
1: Landing on the art, you know, you name it, like oh, no. bringing the art in and out every night, mounting it, yeah. organizing it. You know, I had like 90 pieces of art in the last show, which I sort of maybe bit off a little more than I could nice. chew. But, you know, <laughs> 20 artists, so there was all those kind of things. And then insurance and all these mm. relationships with artists and consignment sheets and all the practical stuff of getting all of that here. Yeah. But I think actually the biggest obstacle was myself. I mean, truthfully, was my own fear of failure, of me just putting myself out there. I know this is like every entrepreneur or someone that owned a business. It just wasn't anything that was in my like wheelhouse. I don't know.
2: I think I was just scared of failing this totally new landscape that you were jumping into. But that's the thing. It's a common thread for a reason. Entrepreneurs face this because, especially if you're pivoting. Yeah. You are starting something fresh. And there is a concern that you're just not really going to make it in this new area. But you got through that. And what would you say was the most powerful help to keep you going?
1: I think it was a couple of things. I think it was clients saying, like I told you, like, Because I spent a lot of my time just saying, how do I get out of the house? I always wanted to do shows in other locations, in other gallery spaces, or maybe even get a gallery at one point, like a permanent space. And everyone kept saying, Brooke, I love what you're doing. It's so relaxed. I'm in a home. You know, I can visualize it. It's great to see it with furnishings, everyone has a dining room. It makes me feel comfortable. It's not intimidating. Yeah. All these things that were like very gratifying. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I think also people buying art truthfully making sale, you know, that's part of the business and people saying, yes, I want that. And clients asking for multiple rooms, just growing as a business, making me feel like, okay, this is
2: something is working here. Right. And speaking of growth, I do wonder, you know, where you can take this and how you can take it further beyond your house, beyond your outdoor exhibitions. I know you have some plans in that area. Are you willing to share them or do you want to keep this as <laughs> proprietary information?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question actually, but no. I mean, I do have plans. I mean, of course, I just would like to grow and work with more clients doing more rooms, whole houses, things like that, continuing to discover better and better artists. I also have always had this idea that how i could take my house model on the road and to bring it to maybe smaller cities in the u.s like i lived in dallas texas and i just happened to know that though there is a number of good galleries there there's not as many as being in the new york area so bringing new york art or art from other places to them yeah you know they a lot of folks have more space because land is less expensive and staging a show in one of their homes or spaces, you know, as a way to kind of bring the model, curate a show for them. And then you could see Denver, Seattle, wherever. So that's one idea.
2: Yeah. Like bringing the New York artists to different states, different cities.
1: Yeah, exactly. Suburban
2: areas outside of cities, that kind of thing, which is what you're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's in the same kind of place, like bringing the art to them. With COVID, I think one of the things that was helping me is that no one was, many people were not going into the city. So this arch in the house here in the suburbs was like very convenient for people who were all sitting inside during COVID and redecorating and Course. thinking about their home environment. Totally. People also
2: said that to me, isn't this convenient? I don't have to schlep into the city and go to some gallery. I don't really know. And I don't know yeah. where to go. So Brooke, are you seeing interest beyond the community? I mean, you have, a, you have a lot of connections around here. I know that. And that's how your business begins. Right. But yeah. then in terms of marketing and outreach, I know you're using social media you were able to transfer your digital marketing skills from your previous career life, if you will, to some extent, but also in 2022, it's a little different and you're realizing that you are the brand. So how are you marketing yourself in that way to expand your reach beyond Westchester, beyond New York, Connecticut, Metro area, thinking bigger.
1: I mean, that's what I've been thinking a lot about is how I, I, get beyond our immediate area and like even get to the rest of Westchester and the rest of Southern Connecticut because I've had some experience in marketing digital. I'm heading long into Instagram. I am not any kind of superstar, but I'm trying. That's been a great channel for me for my own brand, but also discovering artists and meeting clients. I get lots of people that just DM me many times.
2: Well, it's so visual too. Instagram is perfect for what you do.
1: Right. So early on, I made a decision. I mean, I know from my marketing experience, I just couldn't do all channels. Like I basically do Instagram, tiny bit of Facebook, LinkedIn, and you know, my own website, really. I mean, I just thought I better go deep into a few channels that I could do well at. And in terms of expanding... I did a little PR in the last show and thought that was good. And I also sort of been networking into these other towns, whether the local pubs or online things to be able to kind of get into some of those other towns.
2: And that's working.
1: Yeah, that's kind of working. I think there's lots of other things I could be doing, but, but I'm also thinking about how I just build my brand. I'm going to create more content about buying art and what is an advisor and how does the model work and how do you hang art and sure. frame
2: art and all that. Kind all of, of stuff. those ins and outs. But, but in the end, the consultancy is about you. Speaking of you and your journey and what you've learned along the way so far, what do you think your biggest takeaways are for people listening? Whether it's someone reinventing, relaunching, just reimagining a second act, perhaps. What are your biggest takeaways, Brooke?
1: I feel like it's super cliche, but like, it's just very true to me that I just spent so much time in my life with the shoulds, (laughs) listening to other people. I should make money. I should work in business. I should do something. I think I was telling you, like, I had my, I'm not going to name anyone. I had a few people in my extended family say, well, why are you doing this business? It's so hard. Why don't you become a realtor? Why don't you become a designer? And I was so mad at them. I just was very clear that, Art is something I've always loved. This is not a new new news for me. And so I I just wish that I had early on in my career, I wish I just stayed the course and not wasted 30 years of thinking I should do something. So I mean I go in the advice category.
2: Drop the shoulds. Drop the shoulds.
1: And also like this is something I cared about and I was good at it. So yeah. You're not that good at that many things, which I always tell my kids that you You have to lean into the things you're good
2: at. Totally lean into what comes naturally. And then if you can ideally monetize it, that's the road. Right. To professional purpose, if you will. Totally. There's so much to understand and learn about this world because it's very foreign to me. So maybe we'll do a part two yeah. you okay. know, in, a, in a little <laughs> bit. We can get more out of you for sure. Brooke, thank you so much. It's BAM art. Where should we send people online then? So you're saying Instagram is good. Mention some of the places where people can find out more about you
1: yeah so my website is bam-art.net and my instagram is bam underscore art underscore advisory on instagram and it's the same on facebook it's bam art advisory
2: perfect that's b-a-m bam everybody yes capital b capital a capital M. yes awesome okay Correct. everybody go check it out thank you so much brooke this was a lot of fun i enjoyed it Thanks so much for being with me for another Bucket List Careers. Don't forget to rate or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Be well.
0: An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K